Well, on this episode of Geek Out Loud, our good friend, author Adam Bray stops by. We're going to talk a little WandaVision and, you know, whatever else geeky thing enters our heart to discuss because it's your safe place to geek out. It's the Geek Out Loud podcast. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. My name is Steve Glosson. So glad to have you along with us on your safe place to geek out here online. And boy, do we need it these days. And I am happy uh, to provide such a place for you. And I am actually right now, we put in an application uh, for the talent that was on loan to one great radio host. And maybe we can get God to loan that to me. That is, uh, my application is in, is what I'm saying there in the loan office, in the talent loan offices of glory uh, here on Geek Out Loud. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad to have you along with us. And we've got some fun things to talk about on this show. We're going to talk a lot about WandaVision. So if you are um, trying to stay spoiler free, if you're not up to date on what's going on with WandaVision or the dogs barking outside, um, then, uh, then, then just know. Um, that it's going to be spoiled for you uh, where we're at to this point. And at this point, it is February 25th of 2021. So just before the penultimate episode of WandaVision, I thought it was the finale, and I was, I've was i been informed twice now I, how wrong I am. So before we get into it, though, I'm not alone. I have a great friend of the show and a great guy all the way around. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know him best as an author on such books as uh, The Ultimate Marvel, uh, The Marvel Book, uh, Ultimate Star Wars, everything you need, absolutely everything you need to know, uh, The Stormtrooper Book, The Marvel Encyclopedia, multiple travel books. He's a world traveler, and uh, he is uh, the master of weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, glad to call him my friend, Adam Bray. What's going on, Adam? Hey, 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 it's previously fat Adam. <laughs> you got to get a new moniker, man. <laughs> let's, see if, let's see if this will breathe a little bit here. That's some Thor Ragnarok for you here, Adam. That's your walkout music is the Thor Ragnarok theme. I love that music. That's some good stuff. Mark Mothersbaugh doing that stuff. It and is. and I remember when when this came out. Actually, the movie came out just before I met my now wife. And um and I had picked up the the soundtrack and I was riding somewhere driving along and and so I just had it going because maybe I was headed to the movie to see it. I don't know, but I was but I had it in and I was listening to familiarize myself with the tunes and then there's a moment where it's toward the end of the soundtrack. I think it's um, it's one of the latter tracks where he pulls out Patrick Doyle's score from the original Thor movie, uh, the Asgard theme, basically. 
And I I just went nuts. I'm like, finally, they're acknowledging what has been before. It's wonderful. And um and so, but yeah, I thought I, I think it's a great soundtrack. It's it leans into that uh that synth stuff that people are all into nowadays, you know. Right. What's old is new again, but but and the more yeah. I watch it, the more I like Thor Ragnarok. Um mm-hmm. it's not what I expected at all when I went to see it in the theaters. Mm-hmm. But um but but I, I I love the colorfulness of it, you right. know. I I love it. It it's like a comic book on screen, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I think one of the things that I love so much is, is honestly just how all the colors pop, and how they lean yeah, into some pretty. of that. Yeah, they lean into some of the like the comic book aspects of of superhero stuff when you're when you're reading these books. You know, color plays a big role in in a in a comic book. And so, um, but anyhow, uh, so how's it going, man? How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a weird month, shortest month of the year. Yeah, thank um, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy yeah. to think that we're almost to 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 March, but here we are. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for March. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to start start a new chapter in the calendar. Yeah, see what we can do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you you have started something new though. You've started your own YouTube channel. Um, author Adam Bray. You've got just one video up right now, kind of introducing everybody to what you plan on doing and and what you've got going there. And um and and so everyone needs to head over to YouTube and subscribe. Author, just look for author Adam Bray. And um and that should pull them up. You because you haven't we neither you nor I have the followers yet to be able to get our own little cool name at the end, huh? At at the end of the channel, like YouTube dot channel dot whatever. Yeah, I I was wondering about that because I don't even I'm I'm such a newbie to YouTube. I've I've never really had a YouTube account. I did maybe like like when it first started, and mm-hmm. I just I saw no point, so I deleted it like right. 10, 15 years ago. So I don't know how it works. And I wondered about that because I know, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, you automatically get your right. your little username. But I noticed YouTube, you just get this gobbledygook address. So yeah. so if you're popular, do they get, award you something? I think I think you get so far in, and maybe there's someone in our chat at mixer.com slash goalaverse that can um that can that can help us out. Uh, they say link it, link it. I will link it here in the chat. And then what I'm going to do is uh, make a Geek Out Online link for you that'll take people there and, uh, and, 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 and direct people that way. But, um, yeah, I think you have to have so many subscribers. And then you can go into your settings and, like, get a channel name or some such. Let me see if there's anyone in the chat that, uh, that knows. So... Stuffity would know. Stuffity's kind of the. What I I thought about is I do have some spare domain names. I I acquired all the Adam Bray's. Oh, nice. AdamBray.com.net.org. Yeah. I've never had anything to do with the other two. So I thought maybe I could redirect one of them. But. Well, I tell you what, what I'm, I'm, I'm literally doing it right now. I am, um, I'm making a new what they call pretty link from my website and it's going to go it'll redirect to your channel 
And it's going to be geekoutonline.com slash Adam. Geekoutonline.com slash Adam. So let me publish this bad boy, and then I'll make sure that it works. It should only take a minute or two for it to work. But yeah, that should um, take you over to Author Adam Bray's YouTube. Awesome. So geekoutonline.com. I should have done this already. I didn't think about it, though, until I was here. And then, I, and then it hit me that, yeah, you, you they probably wouldn't do that. Yeah, geekoutonline.com slash Adam will take you right to the YouTube channel. So those who aren't listening Wonderful. live... Who are catching this on the uh, on the on the on the podcast feed? You can do that. So here's what Carissa says: a uh, thousand subscribers allows you certain stuff. Four thousand is the next level. So uh, one thousand subs you got to have. And um, okay. So yes, yeah, so you can you can. So we, I think you'll be able to do that in, in no time flat if we can promote this yeah, thing across. Hopefully. I've I've got uh, Twitter's my big one because that's where I've been the longest, and I've got about five. Yeah, five thousand and a half. So well, I'm hopeful I can build them up on Twitter. Sure, sure. Well, I think I think the key is content. That's what I'm told. Mm-hmm. Having yeah. content out there, you know. I know with Geek Out Loud, I learned that I enjoy doing the live streams more than I because I'm not a good video editor, and right. so so I I've even developed a, a persona. Although I don't have my hat in here, but I decided that anytime I do a live stream from now on, it's going to be hat and Ray Bans. And, uh, you know, just because, because anything to cover up this face is the way to, (laughs) is the, is the best way to go. But it was fun. We did, uh, I got 200 subscribers a while back and, and I, and I just had a box of stuff that I dug through and just kind of walked through that celebrating that. And, and so that was fun and I enjoyed doing stuff like that. And, and I learned recently, I'm sorry, I'm just totally talking over. We should be talking about your YouTube. What are some plans you've got for your YouTube? Yeah, well, um, I've kind of, I think like most people, I'm burned out on the Twitter, Facebook kind of oh, yeah. thing. It's, it's, yeah. it's always been kind of crummy. I mean, there's there's good things to it, too. But, sure. Um, yeah, YouTube allows, I hope it's going to allow me to explore a lot of content and subjects uh, that I've not been able to do. Uh, one of the great things starting out is because I've got so many friends with podcasts and I've done so many events that I can already start out in my playlist with, um, I think I've got more than 70 videos linked nice. already in the playlist yeah. there that were already on YouTube. Cool. It's funny because I had no idea I had that kind of presence on YouTube because yeah. I never kept track of it right. before. Right. Um, so that's wild. So I start out with that. Um, and I want to I wanna maybe do like a regular show, maybe at least do something once a week, um, but start out short because I don't have the time or experience to make something really well produced by myself, um, but I'd like to grow that as I go. But um, talk about all different kinds of things. Talk about, you know, uh, my, my experience as a writer in Star Wars and Marvel and also current events um, and geek stuff that's fine sure. but get into things that that i would have an exclusive unique insight to i don't mm-hmm. want to do what everybody else you know, right, does. There's, right there's no point in replicating what ten thousand other you know geeks are doing out there mm-hmm. so you know focus things on that are exclusive to me you know maybe talk about my chimp experience working with chimpanzees that's what that is one of the things i'm most interested in hearing about i'm ready yeah. to hear about you talk about working with the chimps and like you mentioned all all manner of 
of monkey slash apes. You mentioned bonobos in there somewhere and, right. and, and all kinds of things that you worked with. And this was when yeah. you were over in Asia. No, actually I started out, um, right out of college. I worked in a, uh, chimpanzee breeding colony, the oh, National wow. Institute of Health. Um, during the 80s, when AIDS was a big deal and they didn't know how to handle AIDS, they thought, oh, well, let's breed chimpanzees um, and use them as research subjects to um, learn about AIDS and to develop, you know, to develop a vaccine, which they still don't have. Right. But very quickly, they realized, oh, you Chimps don't make a good model for that because they get HIV, but they don't get sick. They don't get AIDS. So mm. they, but they, they bred all the chimps before they realized that idiots. <laughs> um, so they, <laughs> this, this lab had more than 80 chimpanzees and nothing to do with them. So they, wow. they just had to take care of them in retirement. So it was my job to, to just to take care of them, make their lives as good wow. as I could out in Arizona in the middle of a desert. Uh, on an Indian reservation, um, you know, with cactus and rattlesnakes and, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, and so it's funny because nobody in, this was in Phoenix, nobody knew it was out there. Right. They didn't want to add, the minute you advertise it, you get animal rights protests with pickets and stuff. Sure. So people would wander out into the desert, though, and they would see this <laughs> these buildings in the middle of nowhere full of screaming chimpanzees. You know, chimpanzees are loud. This is 80 of them in a cement building just echoing, screaming, and their just imaginations run wild. Right. So every few years there would be some, you know, some some fantastical report on the local news about this secret government facility with monkeys, you know, out in the desert. So it was kind of funny. Um, but I went from there, you know, I worked with bonobos. They're, they're, they're known for the disgusting habits I yes. get into. Right. Uh, and, uh, I had a, an orangutan with no arms. Um, oh, wow. And, uh, then later, years later, the government of Rwanda invited me, uh, on a tour of the country and, uh, I went out to see them. I hiked the the Virungas and went to see the mountain gorillas out in the wild. That was, I Holy cow. imagined now, I'd do that. Look, so. someone has already put in the, in the chat, Adam Goodall. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there you well, just, you just lived into that. You just leaned into that. You know, when I was in college, I found Jane, Jane Goodall has a really book, like really big encyclopedia sized book. Yeah. Um, the chimpanzees, a Gombe. And I found that in the library and instantly I knew this is what I wanted to do. And I read, um, I read, uh, Diane Fossey's, uh, autobiography, gorillas in the mist and mm-hmm. then Farley Moat's, uh, woman in the mist. And those books just, they haunted me. Um, and Sigourney Weaver did a movie about it too. Mm-hmm. And just the, it's such a tragic, her story is such a tragic, tragic romantic story of you know how she went alone up into the mountains and and found the apes and lived with them and then got murdered you know Mm. and the sad story of the apes how that they were killed by poachers um but tragic tragic romantic beautiful story and it just completely haunted me yeah i actually had a job interview with the Diane Fossey Gorilla Foundation when I was a senior in college and I didn't get the job, but then to go, um, 
what was it? I guess it was, it was about a dozen years later. I get to go get yeah. invited by the Rwandan government yeah. and get, still get to go see them and meet the people at the foundation there too. I had breakfast with them. So it's wild the way things work right. and come back around, yeah. even when you think your life has moved on. Well, that's the thing. Adam Bray has an amazing, he's, you've lived, you've lived, sir, an amazing life and you've had some amazing experiences and it's not like you're at the end of life and you don't have many more amazing experiences to right. go, you know, but there's, there's a lot of great stories to tell. Look, I will never forget the first time we got you on geek out loud. Um, you're just in your typical Adam Bray is the dude way that you do things. You were like, yeah, you know, been to Vietnam, pooped in cemeteries, blah, blah, blah. And like you just went on and we're like, whoa, 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 back up. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about you pooping in cemeteries. And so, um, so it, yeah, it, listen, it's, it's an amazing, uh, it, it's an amazing life. And I'm looking forward to what you're going to do on your YouTube channel, not just talking about the geeky stuff, like we'll talk about here, right. but also getting into, um, some of those great stories, because I think it, I think it's a fascinating thing. Um, I need to address something in the chat. Michael high nip says, what kind of monkey did Ross have talking about friends? Marcel was his name. I almost jumped and said, I thought it was a rhesus monkey or rhesus macaque of some kind, but I think he's too small to be that. He's like a little spider monkey. Um, yeah, I, you know, I liked friends, but I was not a, uh, I was not a devoted yeah. watcher. So I, I vaguely remember this. I think, um, is it the same kind of monkey that he had in Indiana Jones? Yes. Is it yes. That, that mm -hmm. same kind? Yep, exactly. I, I can't. I can't. I can't remember what what they are. It might be a capuchin. I'm not sure. Capuchin. That's it, right there. There you go. That is. That, I think you're exactly right there. Uh, real quick, subscriber check. We're still at 28, according to what I'm seeing here on my end, and I and I feel like everyone in the chat has. Now we don't have. I think we have maybe uh, 20, 18 or 20 people in the chat right now. So, so yeah. So everyone should have already subscribed at geekoutonline.com/adam. Uh, and if you're checking this out on the podcast, go ahead and do that. And like you say, you've got, uh, some playlist up of where you've been also different things. And by the way, um, you were on the, what rule the galaxy podcast, yeah. I think a couple of weeks back and like right after you were on, I was on. So basically, and it was the same way. It wasn't long. Last time I was on rebel force radio, it was not long after you were there. So I just kind of follow you around. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm your opening act. That's right. I'm the poor man's Adam Bray. They're like, well, we've had Adam on. Let's, uh, here comes our falling action with Steve Glosson. We'll see what we can do <laughs> there. So uh, uh, geekoutonline.com slash Adam Bray. If you want to support our shows, you can do so. We've got a Patreon at patreon.com slash geekoutloud that I'm going to have to restructure. If the Big Honkin' Show truly is dead, then I am going to have to restructure that. But... Um, uh, we, we, what we like to do is give people superpowers who support us over there. And so today's supporter will be brought up later on in the show, our featured supporter, Justin Grant. So let's be honest. Sometimes the superpower thing gets a bit strange. Such is the case with Justin. He can eat anything. I don't mean that Justin likes to eat weird food. He can consume literally anything and convert said thing instantaneously to energy, which he uses to blast the bad guys or depending on what he's eaten, he can use the matter consumed to add to his own mass and density and become temporarily immovable. 
And for some reason, he can cause earthquakes in his general vicinity, but that may have more to do with the ultimate aftermath of eating anything. Scientists aren't sure, but the bad guys are afraid. That's Justin Grant, our featured supporter at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. We appreciate him. Appreciate everyone's support uh, of the show through Patreon and as well as using some of the links and stuff that you can find at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. Adam. Yes. One of the main things I want to have you on to talk about on this episode is WandaVision. Uh, I was thinking that what was happening is that the next episode was the season finale because I thought the next episode, or the series finale most likely, um, because I thought the they, they had eight episodes, and I was thinking that tomorrow was episode eight. Um, but you, as well as good friend Lucas, a.k.a. Lethargic Chewy, have informed me that I am wrong. And that there's actually one more episode after tomorrow. So tomorrow is the penultimate episode. But I do feel like we're at a point in this series where, especially after this last episode, we've turned a corner. And and so we're, we're about to hit maybe the climax of right. this show and, and, and all the resolution of the show um, in, in the next, you know, uh, there's not much further you can go since, since the reveal of Agnes slash Ag- Agatha. Um, you know, being behind it, so to speak, um, you know, obviously I I feel like attention is going to shift now to that conflict and what's going on. Um, what's interesting about this show as we get into discussing, because I want to discuss where we're at as a whole is it was, it received a lot of mixed, um, it had a very mixed reception, starting off after that first week or two. How did yeah. you feel about it, you know, the Dick Van Dyke show of week one? Um, what what were your initial thoughts and, and, and how did you how did you feel about the show just in the in the very immediate aftermath of episode one? Right, yeah. It, that was really funny. Um because Mar- Marvel Studios has has had a very good consistent reception i feel like ever since i really got into it which mm-hmm. was you know i i came into the marvel studios thing a little bit late because i was overseas right. when the first first few movies came out i saw um i saw captain america in the theaters in vietnam but i was kind of like man it's all right but it didn't excite me right right um and i i think i saw avengers maybe in new zealand and i was like okay yeah i like this better this is pretty cool okay i'm down for this um but so since that, you know, my ride with marvel studios is that it's been really consistently it's done well it's been very popular the one maybe controversial one was ultron because they tried to pack so much into it mm-hmm. i think it you know pe- people had their parts they loved and parts they hated right i love the whole thing me too um, me too yeah i thought it was great but so and of course that's where um where wanda comes in right and vision both yep um so to see the mixed reception that was a surprise to me because i think everybody came in wanting to love it wanting to be obsessed with it and that they didn't at first was that was weird uh to me i felt you know i i feel like it gave me exactly what i thought it was going to give me and i feel like it's because i was really paying attention to what they said they were going to give us yeah yeah um 
I, I don't want to pile on the criticism for the people that are hard, hard time, but I, I did wonder, well, were you paying attention to how they marketed? <laughs> right, to the marketing, well, sure. Yeah, sure. because this is, this is what they told us we were going to get. Uh, and I loved it. Yeah. Uh, absolutely loved it. And I love the nostalgia of it because I grew up on these these black and white, uh, you know, old reruns of these shows, you know, from our parents and maybe our grandparents' generation, because these were on TV when we were kids. Yeah. I don't even know if you can watch them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love them because they're great, classy, classical TV. Yeah. And so I love that that whole feel, the nostalgia of it. It makes me want to go back and watch the Munsters and the Adams Family, right. and Dream of Genie, and yep. all that. And I'm sure they got their hits wherever it is you can see them. Um, and I felt like, well, this is... This is very comic booky. This is this is a comic book scenario, mm-hmm. um, and and I this is great. I love it, and I love the fact that we didn't get to see the relationship of these two characters uh, in the films. They had to gloss over it because mm-hmm. they had to give us the action right. uh, of the Avengers. So this is where we can explore them as characters, as people, as people that are in love, but. You know the the whole Twilight Zone element uh, that they that they introduce it. You know is it's fun in those those first two episodes. Yes, and it's funny. My brother, you know, my brother's more of a casual fan in all this, the Star Wars and the Marvel and everything. But he he likes it. Maybe Mar- Marvel more than Star Wars. But I asked him, well, are you watching it? And he said, nah, I got halfway through the first episode and <laughs> I just didn't understand what they were trying to do. And I was bored and I was yeah. like, well, this isn't, this isn't Marvel. This isn't what I'm watching for, you know, I, turn it off. And I said, you, you can't stop halfway. You, you just stick like two more minutes. And right. It goes all Twilight Zone. Yes. It, you yes. Know, it shows you. And then you get to the credits and, and you know, then it, you know, it hints that there's something weird going mm-hmm. on and it's like, just stick with it a few more minutes. It, to me, there, there's so much stuff about, um, the, the, in this first episode that initially, like I'm, I'm like you, the nostalgia of it all, it's a very it's not an exact replica of the Dick Van Dyke living room right. set and everything but it's but it's an it's close enough that you that you recognize it and and there at the beginning there's the chair that's in the way and he walks through it you know whereas Dick Van Dyke used to trip over it but there was one or two times on that show when that was coming on that he would see it and he'd stop and he'd go around it you know but this and that was such a cool call back to me and then all the trope stuff of the neighbor and here comes the boss and all the you know it was almost an i love lucy kind of thing when she was misunderstanding the anniversary and everything and 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 how she was dressed when he got home very much you know very i love lucy-ish but you're right then comes the moment where where dude is choking and and his wife you know the mom from that 70s show is just laughing and stop it stop it and and it was so and it goes on it just goes yeah. on and on and on until finally she says vision help him you know and vision helps him as only vision can do but it 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 it's it suddenly becomes this off-putting weird thing and you're like okay something is wrong because his wife's reaction was wrong the fact mm-hmm. that she kept vision the whole time and i i love the mystery of it all from the get go 
I love the I love the 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 kind of going for it that Marvel Studios has done with this. And also at this point, because Black Widow got put off, mm-hmm. it's been over a year since we've been in this universe in a fresh way. And so here we are, you know, now here back again. So I was really glad it was there. And um and I really thought it was it was some good stuff, you know, that that was going on. But then there were also little things in in this in the episode, the the commercial with the toaster, um, you know, and it's a stark toaster, but and 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 the flashing light on there was was in color, you know, in red, mm-hmm. and um, and it was just I I I just we I had a blast with this thing, absolutely, just loved the the first episode and was sold from the get go because of all the questions that it raised, and I think on the heels of something like the Mandalorian that everybody loved. Um, and you know, for everyone that was a star Wars fan loved from the get go and it, and it came down to not only did they love, they loved the whole, I think everyone liked that whole first episode, but the minute that pram opens up and there's baby Yoda, there's little Grogu. Um, it automatically did something to everybody where the, everyone was just on board and you didn't get that in WandaVision from the first episode. Oh. You know, and it was a little bit more cerebral. It was a little bit more like just, look, this ride's taking off slowly. So hop yeah. on board if you will. And I was absolutely on board, 100%, just because of the the uniqueness of storytelling that they're doing here. I don't know that, it, obviously, there's been television shows where they've done throwbacks to this style or that style. But I don't know that there's ever been anything done like this. I, I, I feel like this is... In visual in the visual medium of storytelling, I think Marvel Studios is doing it again because just the very idea of what they did initially with Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor, and the Avengers was something that no studio had done before. No one had tried to do, and and then after once you get into Phase Two, um, you know, with like with Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier was basically a spy film. You know, with a superhero involved. Um, You know, one of those spy thrillers. Uh, Ant-Man was a heist film, you know, with heart. Uh, And and they did that several times. I was really thinking that Doctor Strange would be a little bit lean more into the horror genre than it did, you know, Mm -hmm. which I like Doctor Strange. But that was the one that kind of surprised me. But they would do things like this throughout. They'd experiment with... Let's not just do a straightforward superhero movie. Let's do a heist film with a superhero. Let's do this spy film with a superhero. Let's do this fantasy with Thor, you know. Let's do these things and see what works. And and this is one of those things, man. It's just like, let's tell the story this way and see what happens, you know. Because for for people like me, who have been in the comics for so long, um, you know, you expect Wanda to go nuts once Vision's dead. And you expect her to snap and... And so you kind of knew or felt like, well, this is a world Wanda has created. Mm-hmm. But now what's what's that doing to everyone? And, and how is everyone involved? And is this just in Wanda's mind? Is this something that is actually involving other people? Uh, and then, like you say, at the end of that first episode, who's... <laughs> Who's watching that TV? You know, right? And uh, and 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 obviously we'd get our answers along and along. But I just I, yeah, that that first episode, you know, kind of leaning into the Dick Van Dyke thing. And someone pointed this out: the toaster on that commercial, when you look at it, is like a face. 
And so the idea is they they actually someone has sh- said that these these uh that these different commercials actually walk through kind of Wanda's story but oh. also walk through her mental state throughout. Mm-hmm. Um and so you got the toaster that looks like a face, you know, an Iron Man face. It's it's some kind of Stark tech or something, you know. And so uh-huh. you know, right there, that's that's kind of where they go. You mentioned Bewitched as being one of those shows that you used to watch um, as a kid, and the second episode really leaned into Bewitched in a big way. Right. Um, and and so that's where you know I my mind began to really ramp up with a few things because we get the helicopter in the bushes that's red, mm-hmm. um, the the Bee Man shows up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was like. I think there were, I forget what a lot of people were saying they thought it was. I thought we were getting AIM again. If you, if you ever knew oh, AIM yeah, in the comics, right. you know, with the, with the beehive thing. Um, but again, that's one of those things that they, you know, have answered since and, and that's not it. But man, I, the, the Bewitched thing, I remember watching Bewitched as a kid. It would be on, it was on, of course, in syndication. Um, but I, I remember it being one of those shows I watched when I was homesick. Because it'd be yeah. on like WGN in the morning or something, you know, and 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 so it'd be on. But dude, right down to the way they do the lighting and everything on this show with these black and white episodes, it was just really, really amazing uh, to to kind of watch. And and I saw a, have you seen that video? I forget who put it out. It wasn't Marvel put out how they kind of accomplished that and how hard it was to accomplish the black and white stuff. No, huh? because they had to recolor everything. Like Vision's costume and everything is blue and green. Mm-hmm. so that it will show up properly on the black and white film and the lights oh. and they did lighting just like they did in those old days. And so they, they were talking about how hot it was under those lights and everything. Um, but the funny gag and that second one of vision chewing the gum and, and it getting all in the, doing the animated thing and, oh, and getting yeah. in his works and stuff. Like I just, it, it was so just so much fun. Like, and you know, and, and, and knowing where this thing goes, Mm-hmm. You know, as you move forward, it's like it's almost kind of creepy to go back and watch those early episodes now, kind of knowing where right. it's headed, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what um, what's important to me about uh, comic book movies. And one of the reasons why I love Ragnarok so much is these to me, a comic book movie needs to be fun. I mean, comic books can be a lot of things, and Marvel comics are a lot of things. There's when I would do research for my books and get exposed to the wide history of comics, I'd be a little shocked sometimes, you know, how some comics like um, the uh, what's that uh, that red the red version of uh, Venom that's uh, Carnage, Carnage, yeah, how what a how those really leaned into horror, Mm -hmm. some of them. Right. Some of them are quite graphic. Yeah. Um, And I would be shocked how others um, were quite adult, you know, in sexual ways. uh, Mm -hmm. It was quite shocking at times. Um, And, you know, comics will lead in in all different directions, but the ones that appeal to me anyway, and Mm -hmm. that's what's important, what appeals to me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Are the the fun comics right? Right. 
Yep. Just, you know, they're interesting, too, and good stories, but they exist to be fun. Right. Yep. Frankly, I wish every franchise would put that ahead <laughs> of it all. But, um, yeah, that they're, that they're fun at heart. And um, that's what that's what this has been is fun. Yeah. Yep. And I think it balances out too. They there have been little hints dropped in interviews that it's going to get serious and emotional towards the end of this. And I think it's got to be. Yes. Yeah. The, the 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 suppressed there. She's she's obviously got some things suppressed in her mind that that are going to have to come out and get dealt with. For this to get resolved so it's going to get emotional but so they've got that balance the the lightness um to, to prepare us for that but overall i think this is going to be a fun uh series well in all of your research and stuff you had to do for some of the things that you were for some of the marvel stuff you worked on this this is not the encyclopedia you worked on i don't think this is from about 10 years prior to that, I believe. Um, right, yeah. A prior edition. I've worked on the brand new edition. Right. The better edition. Right, the, more, the better, more improved that I haven't picked up. Um, but the, uh, the, whole, the whole thing of, of Scarlet Witch and, and Wanda and doing like the Avengers Disassembled um, and, and then the House of M, I believe, was Wanda's yeah. fault. Uh, so I don't know if you, if you looked into some of that while it was going on. But she's literally kind of making a whole little pocket universe almost um, to 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 come with this because she is she's there's something emotionally broken in her, mm-hmm. and I've been going back on the Marvel Unlimited app and um, and reading as I have opportunity to usually at night before I go to bed or before I go to sleep I'll read some comics and I've started with X-Men and Fantastic Four and Incredible Hulk and Amazing Spider-Man and Thor, you know, and all these different titles and Avengers that, um, from, from like number one from back. And I've just kind of like, and and it has the month and year of the release of those comics. And so I'll just go kind of by when they were released and just kind of read through. It's slow going, you know, but it's fun. And one of the things that's interesting is our first introduction to, Quicksilver and, and Scarlet Witch to Pietro and Wanda, they were working with Magneto in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and he was kind of holding something over them, that he had saved their lives at one point, and so they had to be loyal to him, or whatever the case may be. But even you know, in 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 that incarnation and in that telling of of them, Wanda is she's got her insecurities. You know, she's she's she very much depends very a lot on her brother. You know, they're very I don't want to say codependent, but they are very much, you know, the 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 hyper realized idea of twins and everything. And that just plays out throughout the years um, to the point that she falls in love with vision and they have their thing and and she and they make these babies. And that's what gets weird is what happens to the kids initially. You know, they're like pieces of pandemonium soul or something like that. Everyone says Mephisto, but it's actually Pandemonium, who is a Marvel villain who lost who gave his soul to save his life. He gave his soul to Mephisto, and Mephisto split it up into five parts and scattered it across the the realms. Okay. And so and in and in turn, Pandemonium is able to like shoot 
demons out of his fist or something. It's really this weird, he's this weird character uh, seen in the pages of the West Coast Avengers. Um, and, uh, and, and there's a, there's a, there's a, he has one run in with the Fantastic Four at one point when it's Ben Grimm and, and, uh, and Miss Marvel, not Captain Marvel, but she was going by Miss Marvel at the time. It was a she thing is what some people called her and Johnny Storm. And then Crystal, who actually married Pietro in the comics. I've gone off. I've let the lid come off. I'm sorry. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, is like throughout the comics, like the one thing about Wanda is that she doesn't know the full extent of her powers mm-hmm. and she is broken in some way. She, she does have some, some things that she's not dealing with emotionally or psychologically that have caused problems across the board for the Marvel universe, right. you know, right down to wiping out the mutants practically, um, you know, just with two words or three words, no more mutants. And, um, and so knowing that going into the show, it also makes it more menacing because the last because they've got they've got to walk this as I'm watching this, I'm like, they've got to walk the tightrope where you don't make Wanda a villain, right. but you also recognize that it, you know, at least for the first few episodes, you recognize, well, this is her doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, and so and so that kind of adds an overlay. But that's the thing about comics. Like you say, you like comics to be fun, as do I. That's my thing. I mm-hmm. I feel like a good comic book should appeal to a twelve year old and a forty two year old. You know, I feel like it should be right. all literally all ages. And I think that's harder to write than some of the kitty fare that's out there that's overly simplified and, and and dumbed down for children. And you know, it's it's harder to write than just a straight up. Here's one for the grown ups. You know. And I, I think people don't realize that you can make nuanced characters without throwing in all the junk, all the grossness, and without going over the head of kids. I, you know, when I was a, when I started reading comics, I was reading the regular series of comics, and it was not inappropriate for an eleven year old, which I was at the time, to pick up and read. But there's stuff in comics nowadays that I wouldn't let an eleven year old read. No, you yeah. know, yeah. and 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 so. And and that's what and I'm and I'm like you. I think that's one of the things about the show is is they start out with the fun stuff going on, mm-hmm. but like there's so many other little things here and there. Like I'm I'm kind of just scrolling through, scrubbing through, and and watching a little bit here as we talk about it. But in episode two, Agnes brings Wanda and Vision a rabbit. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I'd forgotten about that, but then because there's the rabbit you know, in her house in this last episode, you know, she, Agnes has the, I don't know if it's like, I guess if she's a witch, it'd be a familiar, what they would call it or whatever, you know, but, um, it's just really, there's a lot that they did to kind of set things up. Now your twilight moment, your twilight zone moment in this one was when they all, it's for the children. Like they all just stop and it's like, it's for the children. Um, and then the radio kicks in and it's like, they're playing help me Rhonda. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and then you hear, well, we know who it is now. Um, you know, his voice come over Wanda, who's doing this to you? Wanda, do you read me? Um, it just, and that set off all kinds of fun speculation. That's what's right. uh, to me. That's what's been fun about the show. Adam mm-hmm. is the speculation we get to do and, right. and, and, and we get to see, um, at what point, in in this in in the series 
because I feel like it was it hasn't been too long that you didn't. By the way, we got Strucker watches uh, was yeah. the was the advertisement here. So it had the Hydra symbol in the watch and everything. And Baron von Strucker was the one who created Wand and Pietro. So you know the Stark missile is what right. set them on their path to their you know their their ways. And then Strucker was the one that gave them the power to be who they were. And so that's your that's your thing here, but also it's all about time, and you're running out of time. Uh, where was it that you kind of came up with your theory of who the villain may be? Yeah, um, I, it was the episode. Uh, it was right when uh, they revealed uh, that Wanda went into Sword and uh, stole Vision's body. Okay. Um, that that was the moment there because my my whole thinking is you know if you've got a if you've got a villain they've got to have you know motivation something that's driving them something that they want and you know who, who would want Wanda to you know get Vision who who would mm-hmm. want Vision's body mm-hmm. to have access to that well it's it's Vision's creator it's Ultron. Um, and I've always known the way we parted with Ultron, we never got to see the actual fight that supposedly destroyed the last Ultron drone. They obviously did that so that he he can come back at some right. point in the future. They probably don't. Well, they may or may not. Kevin Feige may or may not have had an idea when or how he wanted to do it, but they left that door open. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was my thought right there. And with um, the fact that uh, Darcy at that time, you know, there was a final firewall that she couldn't uh, break through. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know if we've ever gotten a full explanation yet either about what's behind that. I, I felt like Jimmy found it in the last episode. Um, I'll have to, I'll, I'll pull it up in a minute and see. Yeah. Um, he, he found it, but they didn't really go into explanation about, I don't think about what it mm-hmm. was in detail or why it was significant. So I, I thought maybe Ultron was hiding behind that firewall. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's a bad theory at all. I think it'd be very interesting to have, not only, you know, obviously now we, we've gotten to where Agatha is behind it all. <laughs> it was Agatha all along um, to, uh, to, to some other things. I, people, have been, people have been saying Mephisto may be a part of this and that sort of thing. Um, and I'm not ready to go down that road yet and bring in the whole that cosmic side of... Um, right. There's there's several things that make me think that Ultron is still in play. Uh, one of them is that um, uh, they've said there's some of the actors, I guess, in interviews have said there's going to be a mind blowing cameo towards the end. And I just kind of expect uh, so, that. So, I expect that to be Doctor Strange, because it one, could be. Yeah, because it Wanda's be going to. Sh- Go ahead. Oh yeah, it could be because, as you were going to say, Wanda's supposed to be in the next Doctor Strange. Movie. Right, right. Um, I think we could have more than one cameo. Uh, the other is uh, Sword's involvement. 
I guess Sword and Shield. I don't know a lot about Sword, but I know it's kind of a companion organization to Shield. Mm-hmm. That they're more into the weapons and to kind of a Tony Stark view of weapons in space to protect the Earth or right. something like that. And there, somebody said that you can see in the background they're developing big mech robot machines. Oh, I didn't see that. Um, I didn't catch it either, but that would. You know, if if they're developing weapons and they want Vision's body supposedly as a weapon, Mm -hmm. it makes sense that they would be interested in Ultron as a, you know, as a weapon AI. Maybe Ultron to run Vision's body as well. You know, the the guy might have a deal with um, Ultron. Uh, But also... Because they've mentioned him, Ultron, now at least three times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the dialogue. And when they've done it, they've explained what Ultron's part in Vision's backstory is, how how he's related. And as a storyteller, as a writer, I know you don't you don't do that unless the audience needs needs that information to make sense of something mm-hmm. that's going to happen later. We didn't we didn't need those details as throw throwaway details. It wasn't necessary. They could have spent the, those seconds on something else mm. if it wasn't important for later. So that tells me he's coming, uh, but it it may not come till the end of the last episode. It may not be until an end credits scene. Yeah. But I think there will be something. That's I mean I look I think it's as good a theory as any. I think that. I would love to have Ultron back, you know, for another round with somebody right. or something. Um, and, and I would, I think it'd be great to have James Spader reprise that yeah. role. I love James Spader's Ultron. I'm like you, I enjoy age of Ultron. Right. Um, you know, I, I think that it, at the time it was going to be hard to follow up what Avengers was at all. Right. And, right. And there were some things that they kind of leaned into. They, I think they took for granted that everyone would follow Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. right on into, you know, these things. And so when you talk about enhanced humans and stuff, it was like that's something that had been going on in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So they would have known. But also, I, you know, the the whole there was a little bit of shoehorning in of the of telling of the Infinity Stones and everything. But to me, it's like, Again, I'm like you. It was just like reading a comic where, meanwhile, you know, yeah. this is going on, and that may only be paid off. Uh, the, the best example I can think of of something like that is back in the 80s in the Incredible Hulk series, when I believe Peter David was writing at this point. Um, the you're you're going on this adventure with the Hulk and whatever's going on with him, and then there'll be a page with about six panels on it. That was just like, meanwhile, down the road or meanwhile, this place um, and someone's knocking on the door of an old mansion. They come in, they go up the stairs, go into this dark room and scream. And then it's like, but we'll leave that for another time. And and that happens for two or three issues where it's just this one page and something goes on at this place again before we finally get the Hulk there. And I feel like that's what was going on with the Infinity Stone stuff, you know, and the Thanos thing at the end. Fine, I'll do it myself. You know, now we're off to the races. Now we're off and right. running, you know, um, you know, toward what would in, end up being Infinity War and that sort of thing. Um, 
But here, I, yeah, I would love to see Ultron again because I like James Spader's performance. I right. like what he brought to the table. And you're right. Not only in the movie is, is, is Ultron very much involved in the creation of Vision. It's the same way in the comic books. But I've also heard rumors or heard speculation of someone else uh, being possibly coming into play, and that being Wonder Man. Who um, who also plays heavily into uh, Vision and and Ultron? Wonder Man is Simon. I can't think of his last name, but he gets. But he was actually created by Baron Zemo um, in the comics, and with some kind of ionic power to be able to fight the Avengers. So he has super strength, and he has all these different powers. Well, he does. He gives up his life to to do the right thing when it's all said and done. And I want to say it was Hank Pym who actually took his brain patterns and used to put into vision. So instead of like an infinity gem thing, it was, it was the brain patterns of, of Simon, the wonder man. Well, when wonder man comes back to life as all superheroes do, um, that means that his brain waves now have to be put back into his body and that absolutely altered who Vision was. And Vision kind of goes back uh-huh. to being a soulless, emotionless robot, you know, who he knows that he and Wanda were a thing, but he doesn't have the emotions anymore. He's very much data on Star Trek at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, meanwhile, Wanda's having feelings for Simon, you know, because, well, he's there in the flesh and Vision, it, and it got to be this. And that's the other thing. Um, you know, comics are a great soap opera sometimes too. And right. that's, you know, and that's really what was going on, going on there with them. So some people have speculated that Wonder Man may be the, be the person to show up. I don't, I don't know. Uh. I, I, you know, I know that there were a lot of people, the minute that an astrophysicist was mentioned, um, everyone went nuts thinking it was Reed Richards, Oh yeah, you know? right. but I didn't buy into that. I wasn't ready to go down that road quite yet. Yeah. Um, just because, I feel like they'll be introduced in a more grandiose way, the Fantastic right. Four. Um, not that this hasn't been grandiose, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, the other thing is they they brought up the Infinity Stones several times, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and one of the most interesting was talking about it uh, when they talked about the conversation with uh, Monica Rambeau. I think it was Monica and Darcy, maybe. Um, they talked about how Wanda got her powers from uh, the Mind Stone and how um, Captain Marvel got hers from uh, the other Infinity Stone and talking about who the most powerful one is and that hinting that maybe Wanda is just as powerful as Captain Marvel, if not more mm-hmm. powerful. That was an interesting discussion and in just in the whole framework of the MCU. Well, but the fact that... that the, the Infinity Stones, which, you know, we all thought were, okay, they're out of the picture and now mm-hmm. they're destroyed. They're still important enough to talk about and to factor into this sure. story. Sure, uh, And this series is, so far, it's about the children of the Mind Stone. It's about Wanda and Vision and her brother. Mm-hmm. Well, we all often forget Ultron is a child of the, of the uh, Mind Stone as well. His AI is the Mind Stone's 
intelligence. That's what's that's right. Oh my is. gosh, that's exactly right. Yeah, because so, that's what they were mapping out. Yeah. To yes, you're right. You're exactly right. Have not even so, thought about that. So if you're going to talk about all these characters and their connection to the Infinity Stone, well, Ultron's the other piece to this. That I I have not thought about that at all. That is brilliant, sir. That's why you're a writer, and I just sit around and <laughs> and I just sit around and talk about what people have written. Right. Um, well, and see, we're going to have to find out in this next episode what is Agatha's motivation. Right. What's actually going? Because that was my next thing I was going to bring up really quickly was was Agatha. Um, you know, knowing now, and and I'm jumping to the last episode that we've seen thus far. Knowing now that that Agatha was indeed behind it all, um, which, by the way, I just want to say one of the greatest things that I think Marvel Studios has ever done is the Agatha is like the Agatha intro. Uh, the the I was behind it all along. I want to see if I can pull this up and play a little bit of that. killed sparky too <laughs> i just love and i killed sparky too i just absolutely love that but here's the thing what is her motivation you know is i'm i'm wondering if this because agatha in the comics wasn't a villain as i recall right. she was she was creepy right but she wasn't a villain and i'm wondering if now, granted, that song says been pulling the evil strings, you know, that's right. but in insidious and perfidious and all this stuff. And I killed Sparky, too. Um, <laughs> I mean, she definitely looks like a villain from that theme song that was very monsters ish, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yeah. But but I also look at that and I and I and I'm like, well, is she just trying to thwart what Wanda is doing? Did right. she come into the mix to throw a monkey wrench into what Wanda is doing as, you know, kind of a double agent type thing almost? Like where it seems like what she's doing is evil because it's upsetting Wanda. But really what she's doing is putting a stop to all this mess. Um, you know, I, and I don't know. I think that's those are the, those are the questions to be answered, I think. But I... In, in wrestling, we call it a pop when when something happens and you just stand up and cheer, and and I didn't care that you know she's Agatha Harkness. Like I have no emotional attachment to Agatha Harkness in the comics, no. but it was the way that you know that uh, that Catherine Hahn does the whole that they do the whole Agatha all along song and everything. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was wicked. I thought that it was just ingenious and it just absolutely made me cheer and pop for, for Agatha. There's also something going on with color here though, Adam. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, Wanda red. You know, everything's right. red. Everything. Um, and and Agatha very purple. Right. Um, you know, the, there, there's a purple thing. So I don't know what you make of that. Yeah, and I think her her son isn't doesn't one of them have blue magic? I think. Oh yeah. Um, the the like, Wiccan. Like Pietro does. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she she I think the word I would describe is it Catherine Hahn yes. the actress. Yeah. She's she's delicious in this role. <laughs> she she's, really is. Yes. It's just perfect. And what's what what was her big start? Is she Saturday Night Live? Is that where she came from? Uh no. Um I I honestly only know her I believe from Parks and Rec. Okay. She she was um she's a comedian I believe, um but I don't think she was on SNL. I, I'll look it up okay. real quick. I could be, I could absolutely be wrong and probably and it wouldn't surprise anyone if I am. The chat would probably get faster than me. Confusing her with someone else. Well, um, she she looks a lot like um oh what was the one in the nineties? Um, is it Nora Dunn? No. What was what was her name? It wasn't Molly Shannon, and it wasn't um, it wasn't the short one. It was uh, anyhow. Give me just a second, and I'll I'll find her here and, and kind of okay. tell you what she's been in. But she was in Parks and Rec, and she was great as a uh, she was a a a, a a a campaign manager. Okay, and and she would be all friendly with uh, Leslie Nope and and and, and company. And then, um, and then just go on these, <laughs> go on these news things, and just absolutely tear them to shreds, and do it with a smile on her face. Um, oh. But yeah, so she, so this role for her is just perfect. She just plays that kind of, um, you know, snarky kind of individual right. that way. But you know, she's she is a comedian from way back. She. Um, let me go all the way back to the beginning and see. So yeah, she wasn't really, um, yeah, she was never on SNL. Okay. But the other thing, she was actually um, Olivia Octavius in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. So she did the voice there. Um, I I just know her. I really honestly know her mainly from Parks and Rec. Okay. Um, but she has yeah. done. I, I I thought. I think she's just been wonderful in this role. Mm-hmm. She's she does just the right amount of like overacting and everything, right. and and leaning into to to kind of the the stereotypical role that she's supposed to be playing. You know that character mm-hmm. as and, and that sort of, in the, in the different in the different eras. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I. But yeah. I'm I'm just interested. Like I say, to know does she just seem to be a bad guy? You know, yeah. or is she? And you know, it's it's funny with her because when this when I started watching, she would even though I'd written all these Marvel books, she was not on my radar mm. uh, because the the funny thing about these books is when when I would write about uh, Scarlet Witch or I'd write about the Avengers disassembled um, storyline, there's only so much word space you have on a page to work with. There's a certain, there's a limited word count. So I've got to filter out all the lesser details to make the text fit. And even though she was always a major part of these storylines with the creation of Wanda's children and her memories mm-hmm. and all of that, um, 
she was never important enough for me to, I don't think, to include in, in those, those encyclopedia entries and the trivia. So I always filtered her out. So she was never a character that stuck in my mind. So now I'm going and relearning along with everybody else. Oh, she was always a part of all these storylines. Uh, well, what, what's interesting is, is on, in this, in, in the particular, um, in, in the volume I have of, of the Marvel Encyclopedia, very short entry for O Agatha. Um, and it basically gives her biography up until she moved to Whisper Hill, New York. She was hired as a governess for Franklin Richards, son of Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman. When the Scarlet Witch became unbalanced, and this, like, they totally skip over her association with the Scarlet Witch and Vision, except to go, when the Scarlet Witch became unbalanced and disassembled the Avengers, she apparently murdered Agatha. However, Agatha has been reported dead before and has returned. That is, uh, that's the, that is the extent that we get of her, her, um, her involvement with the Scarlet Witch, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And in I, these books, we really have to pick and choose what, what we can say because right. there's only so much space. So you end up leaving out whole really important things. Well, and who knew that her involvement with the Scarlet Witch and Vision? Because honestly, in my life, in my understanding, in my reading, for the longest time, um, Agatha Harkness was simply the nanny for Franklin Richards. Right. She's just a creepy nanny, and I never knew yeah. much else about her. And and it hasn't been until this has come around. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess she was with with them and and everything. Um, <clears throat> so of course, I, let me get through this Spider Man uh, entry here, and I'll I'll peruse the Scarlet Witch really quickly yeah. once I get there. But yeah, so she shows up, and one of the things that happens in her um, in in that whole it was Agatha all along um, deal is you see her kind of conjuring up. Pietro, and this is where I, the two moments where I've really popped, so to speak. One was the Agatha song, of course, but then the other was when he showed up at their door at the end of the '80s episode. Um, uh, and and I'm I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the actor's name, but oh, Quicksilver, but Quicksilver from the X Men universe, basically. Yeah. And and so I'm wondering, did she pluck him from another universe? Do you think? Or is he just a townsperson that happens to look like that? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, that's that's what we don't know, and that answer is going to, assuming they do give us that answer, is going to say a lot about the potentials we have for the next few movies. Um, well, that's if, if she did pluck him, then we know we're going to see other X Men cameos. Well, and I just feel like. You know, multiverse of madness. I mean, we're yeah. going to lean into this multiverse and and maybe end up having them all smooshed together. You know, and Evan Peters is his name. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Agatha is thirteen thousand years old in the comics, according to Tindum. He's a he's a good comic book geek to go to. Kind of like Ming, she will always be back. Mm -hmm. So, um, Flash Gordon reference there. Um, yeah, I. I'm really hoping that this becomes the bridge to bridge those two universes together. Even though in my mind, I thought we would just do total reboot. I just think it's a really neat concept to, to have a bridge over to this other universe now through the person of Pietro of all people. Um, it, it I, it's a genius way to bring that character back without bringing that character back. Right. Um, 
and and it's a it's an interesting way to lean into what everyone's wanting to see, and that is you know the X Men in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, here's an interesting thought that only just occurred to me. Um, supposedly, and I I didn't chase it down to confirm it. Uh, Kevin Feige recently confirmed that um, the Deadpool three will be part of the MCU. Yes, uh, I, I heard that, and I'm like you. I haven't chased it down, but I'll find yeah. out. Uh, presuming that is true, uh, that would only be said if we're going to have characters from the MCU appear in the Deadpool movie and possibly vice versa. Uh, so that would be um, your first uh, clue that uh, this Quicksilver could be ported from the, uh, the other universe. But the other interesting thing uh, that just occurred to me, that movie, or the Deadpool 2, mm-hmm. well, just because Deadpool 3 is part of the MCU doesn't mean Deadpool 2 is. Right. Um, they have very funny rules about these things. <laughs> However, Deadpool 2 does open up the possibility of being the first movie where the to to introduce the the multiverse because you've got deadpool and um what's his name uh the old guy with the funny blinky eye uh cable Um, yeah going back and forth in time and changing things Mm -hmm. uh which creates time alternate timelines that's true realities and that would would be in in theory the introduction of the multiverse and a lot yeah that'd be you're right that'd be crazy to use that now here's what here is it was an interview with collider um and um and he was asked about some things he was asked kevin feige was asked about deadpool 3 and here's the quote it will be rated r and we're working on a script right now and ryan's over talking about ryan reynolds is overseeing a script right now it will not be filming this year ryan is a very busy very successful actor We've got a number of things we've already announced that we now have to make, but it's exciting for it to have begun. Again, a very different type of character in the MCU. Right. And Ryan is a force of nature, which is just awesome to see him bring that character to life. So um, obviously right now, production-wise, uh, Thor 4 is actually filming. There's been like set, set picks and stuff leaked from there. Spider-Man 3 is coming at the end of the year. I believe it's now Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. is the official title they, they released. Um, Doctor Strange 2, like the Multiverse of Madness. Somehow they're going to do Black Panther 2 and Captain Marvel 2. Mm-hmm. So Deadpool 3, um, they say, won't be coming on to be filming until 2022 and won't hit theaters until 2023 at the earliest. So... Um, but yeah, so he so Feige says in the MCU. So obviously, and I think that there's, I feel like there's some things going on because the last thing he announced at that weird shareholders thing was Fantastic Four, right? Wasn't that the la- kind of the last thing that Feige said? Yeah, maybe. Um, let me just, you know what? If only I was in front of something that could help me look that up. <laughs> so, uh. Everyone's saying John Krasinski's playing Reed Richards and all this stuff, so I don't know. 
Yeah, that seems to be the fan favorite. I'm all right with that. I I don't know of anyone better. Well, I I feel like whoever they they pick will. Yeah, John Watts will direct the new feature film for Marvel's first family, the Fantastic Four. I don't know if that came up in in the actual shareholders meeting, but Marvel Studios with the Fantastic Four logo and everything. Um, man, I'm all about it. So <laughs> I love the Fantastic Four. I, I, I know you do. Yeah, I, I, they were one. They were some that I read way back in the day when I first got into comics and everything. I, and so I'm I'm looking forward to an MCU movie with those guys. So, um, have you had a favorite moment out of WandaVision or a favorite couple of moments that stand out to you? I don't know. I've uh, I've liked so much of it. Um, I think noticing just just trying to put it together, mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out the clues, uh, trying to figure out the motivations. Um, but get, getting back to uh, Agatha, I think it's important to consider what her motivations are right. too. Yeah. Um, you know the the dog killing that dog uh it's when they discovered it you know the kids were immediately asking um you know wanda about her powers and and uh here's what i don't understand is how they at that moment they seemed to know that their father had been brought back from the dead Mm -hmm. but at another time they didn't seem to know that but I, I feel like whatever's going on there, I feel like that situation with the dead dog was created to probe Wanda about her powers of resurrection mm-hmm. of the dead, hmm. uh, which now we know Agne- Agatha set up. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we had uh, Pietro when he's sitting, having a heart to heart with her. He's also probing Wanda about how she put this world together and uh, how how she brought Vision back from the dead. Right, right. And it appears Pietro may be, we don't know for sure, but they sure implied he might be Agatha's henchman. Well, and that's um, and that's the thing. That's where I'm wondering if he's actually real. That's I guess that goes back to the speculation of has she plucked him out of another universe right. or, or what's going on. But then you've got the whole snoopers going to snoop, you yeah. know, line at the end. And so, and it really left you on a cliffhanger of, is he on Monica's side or his own, you know? Right. Yeah. We just don't know. But either way, I think Agatha for good or for bad, whether she wants to help or hurt, she wants to unravel Wanda's ability to resurrect the dead. Um, so that, I think that says something about, which she, she, it could be she just wants to help Wanda put Vision back back, so he can leave. Yeah. And then maybe maybe they can, once he can leave, they can end this. Right. Um, or she wants it for her own devices. Or she wants to use it to bring Ultron. Maybe she's working with Ultron and she wants to give Ultron a physical form now. And mm-hmm. we'll see James Spader in the flesh. Maybe. So. In the flesh, maybe. Um, like Thunderlips and Rocky three and, and two, that's one. And you just mentioned something. It made me think about, you know, vision being able to get out of there. I, we can't forget in all of this, we can't forget that this is Wanda's doing like, she is the one who has put up the, 
the wall and the hex. Like she, she has done this. And that's what makes me wonder if, if Agatha is not necessarily a villain, but maybe just from Wanda's point of view is a villain, you know, as far as like, she's trying to mess all this up. So therefore she is evil and she's a villain. It's when, because when you get into TV world like that, it's hard to tell if, well, in in the eighties episode, especially is when Wanda started to kind of lose control. Um, you know, Agatha asked, do I need to take that line again? You know, that sort of thing in vision. That's when he kind of begins to discover things, but you just wonder if, um, if what's going on here is, is Agatha stepping in to try to stop Wanda to try to, you know, to help the people of, of Westview or what have you. Um, and, and I, I think that's going to be, an, I, I'll, hopefully we'll get that answered in this next right. episode. I have a feeling that the next episode, and I don't, you know, there's, there's been no title release or anything. I have a feeling the next episode is going to be all about Agatha Harkness, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's something that's interesting. The boys were watching on TV, I think in the last episode, Yo Gabba Gabba, which is a children's show with some weird looking creatures on it and everything. But apparently every now and again, they have a guest spot. Now this comes to us from our friend Tenton, Justin Grant out in Oklahoma. Apparently every now and again, they have a guest star, Mr. Biz Marquis. I don't know if you're familiar with Biz Marquis. No. Um, in, in, ba- in Men in Black, Two, um, he is the one who talks with beatboxing back and forth to Will Smith at the post office, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of what he got to be most known for was the weird beatboxing sounds he could do. But to me, he's most known for a little song out of the late '80s called um, "Just a Friend," and uh, I'll give you a taste of that real quick. Some girls, man. Wow, what's up? What's up? What's up? Yo, story to tell you. Have you ever met a girl that you tried to date but a year to make love she wanted you to wait? Let me tell you a story in my situation. I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation. The way that I met her was on tour at a concert. She had long hair and a short miniskirt. I just got on stage dripping pouring with sweat. I was walking through the crowd and guess who I met? I whispered in her ear, come to the picture booth so I can ask you some questions to see if you're 100 proof. I Asked her, her name, she said blah blah blah. She had nine pants and a very big bra. I took a couple of flicks and she was enthused. I said, How do you like the show? She said, I was very amused. I started throwing bass, she started throwing back mid range. But when I sprung the question, she acted kind of strange. Then when I asked, Do you have a man? She tried to pretend. She said, No, I don't. I only have a friend. I only, on. I only I have, have a friend. Everybody, if you know what, sing it. You got what I need, but you say he's just a friend, and you say he's just a friend. Oh, baby, you. So he's usually in Yo Gabba Gabba sometimes. Not usually. He 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 appears from time to time in Yo Gabba Gabba, and um, in this particular song, he starts running down a list of names of friends that he has. Do, to talk about what friends are. Listen and see if you can pick this up. Because I have friends, and that's a fact, like Agnes, Agatha, Jermaine, and Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) So Justin Grant sent that to me. He said, I don't know if it means anything, but it's a really cool connection. So his friends' names are Agnes and Agatha, Jermaine and... (laughs) 
Jack. So, Interesting. yeah, so years before WandaVision, Bismarck Key was laying it out for them. Here you go. So Bismarck oh. Key talked about Agnes and Agatha. He has a guest spot sometimes on Yo Gabba Gabba, which is what the boys were watching at Agnes's house when Wanda shows up and all the reveal takes place. Weird. <laughs> you say she's just a friend. So yeah. so I'm gonna give all props to Justin Grant, our featured oh. listener, our featured supporter of the week. That was fantastic. Wow. So Michael Hindep says, I never thought in a million years we'd hear Biz Marquis on the goal. <laughs> well, of course, why not? Um uh, we used to love that song back in the late eighties. How old I was twelve years old when that came out. And we're walking around like we know anything about anything. You you got what I need. So um, so Adam, you're standing by, there's a very good chance we may see Ultron and, mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't deny that. I don't think we're going to get into the Mephisto stuff. I, I, I don't I, think so either. I, I don't think we'll go that route with things. Um, I do, I, I, I do kind of lean into, I love what you said about the children of the, of the infinity stone there, the children of the mind stone, that, that absolutely makes a thousand times more sense than anything I could think of. I won't be surprised if we see Wonder Man show up. I think that's a great right. addition into this whole love triangle, and that'll be an interesting thing to see. Um, as far as big cameos at the end, obviously, I don't think Wonder Man would be a big cameo. I think right. I think Ultron would. Right. I definitely think Ultron would. Um, I think that... The only other thing I could think of to be a big cameo that would hit everybody's radar would be an X Man, would be Professor X or something. Show, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so I think that that I think I think that if Pietro Piet Pietro Pietro was pulled out of the X Men universe and brought in, mm-hmm. I think there's a very good chance we could see James McAvoy's. Professor X show up in a wheelchair. Right. Um, or we may just see the wheels to the wheelchair. You know, like, I'm here to help Wanda. Well, um, how about Magneto? Ma- oh, Daddy could show up. You're right. Daddy could show up and be I like... That. Yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think any of that's a great idea. But I'll be honest with you. I won't be disappointed if it's Ultron. And then yeah. what if that carries over into... Obviously, Baron Zemo is, is coming mm. into play in Falcon and Winter Soldier... But that could carry over into some of that with Falcon and Winter right. because Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to start up the very next week mm. after WandaVision. So um you know right back into the action adventure world of of you know those two guys. So uh I'm really digging what Marvel Studios is putting down right now and, and have dug what they've done. Just out of curiosity, Adam, have you been able to pick up anything cool lately? Toy-wise, collectible. Um, you know, I I have slowed down my Star Wars collecting mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. Um, for a number of reasons. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> imagine that. Um, I did, however, uh, get one of these cool uh, fine lane. Oh, wow. The, the vintage collection uh, In- Stormtrooper, Flame Trooper. Inferno Trooper, yeah. Wow. Um, this is, and it's, it's a gorgeous, it's a beautiful little figure. Yeah. He um, looks great. Expertly designed. And I love the, the fire attachment. They've done these kind of fire attachments with the clone wars figures. Yep. Um, 
you know, years ago, but the problem was they the plastic would be too bendy. It would kind of flop over lip right. or it would just, the attachment would just fall off. This has been on here for like two weeks and the flames are just as nice. straight as when I put them on and it doesn't come off. So it's, it's a beautiful design and this is arguably the best Stormtrooper figure they've wow. ever done yeah. in the vintage collection. They just reused the same mold for every Stormtrooper and mm-hmm. it's, it's a beautiful full figure so props to um hasbro uh but uh well i've, I've got this beautiful standee behind that's me. right <laughs> old gina herself yeah yeah she's old ready Cara she's Dan. ready to beat you up yeah get those while you can because uh i'd say the products are are deliberately being pulled off of Amazon and, but the standees are the t-shirts were disappearing as I was ordering them. But uh, I have a lovely mutual friend that is sending me some nice. t-shirts. Well, good deal. Uh, but uh, the two, two mentionable things that uh, I did get um, not too long ago, uh, these uh, Spider-Man yes. uh, Spider-Verse figures. Uh, I have, uh, I've been cutting down on the collecting, but I do have a uh, collection of all the the Marvel Legends Spider-Man figures, mm-hmm. just the the Spider-Man specifically, right. not the Spider-Women. And right. I, I I collect anyone that's a Spider-Man, so it can be you know Miles or or somebody else. I collect them and keep them in the box. Okay, cool. And these are some of the most beautiful intricate um fig figures that i've seen uh marvel legends figures that i've seen hasbro do the uh the sculpts are gorgeous um very detailed they've got the photorealistic painting on the faces Mm -hmm. these are of course from the animated 3d animated sony movie from like a two years ago i guess um Gorgeous. They have uh, several different new technologies. They've got the the pinless joints, um, so there's there's no visible pins, which allows them to do these incredibly you know tiny intricate knees on uh, little miles here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know alternate heads. Um, just the detail on the face is incredible. It, it looks like they walked right out of the movie. Um, <clears throat> I really want to take them out of these boxes. <laughs> yeah, I don't want yeah. To have to buy another figure. <laughs> um, I'm hoping maybe uh, someday I'll see a sale or something. They um, they gorgeous figures. They are some of the most unique uh marvel legends I've ever seen, as far as uh, because they do nail the style of the movie. You know, they're right. they're they're unapologetically into the Spider Verse figures, and I love the idea of a stilt man build a figure. Now, granted, right. granted, the ninja is the short pack in the wave, so um, yeah, so no that's one. That's what I heard. That's terrible. Yeah. They, they the way they they thought they were doing us a favor because right. I think they they paired <laughs> the legs with the ninja. Right. Right. Because they thought, okay, well, the ninja's an army builder, mm-hmm. and you're gonna want a lot of legs to make this for Stiltman. Yeah. So you want to buy them both, but. Then they made it the short. So right. Yeah. There's one in a case. The whole purpose. Yep. Yep. It, it, it's hard. That, that hard amplifies the problem. Hard to build an army builder with an army builder that's short packed for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, I understand they want to make sure they didn't put too many in a thing to to balance out. So, um, 
I haven't gotten my hands on much of that wave yet at all. But what I have taken to doing is I saw um, a YouTube video. Just Jay Hernandez is his name. He's a YouTuber. I'll give him a shout out here. And I like his style of um, figure reviews because he has a nice little setup where he actually films the figures and there's figures behind them kind of just in poses. And, and he'll pose the figures in the video and do some amazing things. Like there are things I never knew these figures could do. Um, that he's the way he's got some of them posed, but then he has like, there was one video where he had Thor and he had Thor just flying and he, and it was on this wire stand. And I'm like, what in the world is that thing? And so I started looking around and there were people on Instagram that had these things as well. And I'm just like, what, where do these things come from? What is going on? And, and people make their own flight stands and they're just, um, they're literally just, I, they say 14 gauge wire. Uh -huh. Um, but I, I, this is, I think like a 75 pound test wire from Lowe's for like fencing wire or whatever. And it comes in a spool. And so what I've got to do is start straightening it out before I try to make any more. There's, there's a way you can straighten out the wire, but I, I got some pliers and I just kind of make a little square base and, and then you, you make the stand stick up in the middle and all of these figures have, um, in their thigh joint, they have a little gap. And so you can balance them either on that or like I've got a Mach 1 figure here from the from the Marvel Legends and he's a Thunderbolt. He has an actual like piece that wraps around his back that this can fit up snugly into mm -hmm. and hold him up like so. Oh, cool. And, uh, and so then um, I took and I bent the edge of one piece here and I got the beetle here flying off like so as you can see and so they display they stay balanced because the base is is pretty well you know wide enough to support their weight and everything and so they stay balanced and so you can have them displayed on your shelf those that fly in flight positions or you can use you can make them a little shorter and use them as braces for uh, for a figure that may be you want to have him falling back, like you know he's being attacked, or just kind of running, you can have it kind of there to prop him up. And so I've been I've been fiddling with some of these things and figuring out some poses and getting them put on the shelf in in some different ways. And um and it's been a, it, it's been that's been fun is to make these stands. And then I found some some stuff that are that's like a plasti dip kind of thing. And so I'll dip the tips of these in there and let it dry. And then you have like a rubber nice. tip so as to not scratch paint and everything. Right. So it's been, it's been kind of, that's been kind of what I've been doing lately is, oh, is, is steady crafting. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a cool thing. I haven't bought many action figures, um, lately, but I've been digging through some old toy biz stuff. You know, I think you saw the Dr. Strange figure, um, yeah, yeah. that I posted and that's the other thing that was fun. Like when I started kind of getting the hang of these flight stands, mm -hmm. I actually just took my computer monitor screen that I've got hooked up and I found like for Mysterio, like this green misty background oh, and just put him in front of that and cropped everything else out but that. And so it looks like Mysterio is just floating in a green mist, you know, and oh, Dr. Strange has had this weird psychedelic background behind him and all. And so, um, so that's been kind of fun to take some pictures and put up on the, on the Steve Lawson Instagram over there. But, uh, right. yeah, so I, I've, I've loved what they're doing with the Marvel legends. They've, they've, mm -hmm. they've given us some reveals. Um, they've got a classic red skull that's coming this year. Oh, 
with like the yeah. green jumpsuit and everything. I'm pretty pretty stoked pretty stoked about. As well as um, what was the other one in that villain wave? I wasn't too carried away with all of the villain wave that they did. Right. But um, but there were a few that I absolutely was kind of kind of stoked about. The 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 Red Skull being one, I like that Dormammu as a classic Dormammu. Yeah. Um, but that's really those two, and maybe the Scientist Supreme. Mm-hmm. If, if I can get my hands on that Modok, you know, <laughs> the Aim yeah. Scientist Supreme, I may have paired up with Modok on the shelf somewhere. But um, but yeah, I still haven't got my hands on the Frogman. I want that Frogman as part of that Stiltman wave with those. Just because I think that is just one of the most hilarious things that that's, Hasbro could done is is put Frogman out as a character on the Marvel Legends. That's funny. I like that they do the the whimsical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I love their character selections. I mean, granted, we do get a few too many um, Iron Mans. Uh, yeah, especially Iron Man's and then yeah. even Captain America. There's been sometimes there's too many. I feel like what you're going to find is you're getting a ton of Deadpool, mm-hmm. Cap, or not even Cap, but Iron Man, Deadpool, and Iron Man, and then, um, and then every now and again they'll surprise you with a wave of nothing but Venomized people, like with that Venomized wave, like uh, right. a little bit back, you know, but. Yeah, but Deadpool but, definitely they'll throw out there, and they've been very X Men heavy the past year. Yeah, they have, and I with X Men, I I want to love them, but it's just it's very rare that uh, one of those X Men figures will grab me. I think the the one that I really liked was um, the Nightcrawler. Yes. Um, because he yeah. had three three heads, uh, alternate heads, and he had an extra hand, and he blue's my favorite color. Just the color scheme of that character, I just love, and I love I love the character in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know as much about him from the comics. Right. He's just a really cool figure. So I think I own like three of those. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, but other than that, they don't the. Ex- Maybe it's a good thing because then you know I'm not tempted to spend my money on the X Men figures. I I'm a fan of classic X Men looks, um, mm-hmm. '80s '90s X Men kind of looks. Uh, right. So so yeah, definitely like your Nightcrawler, you know, with the with the pointy shoulder pads, with the red yeah. and black, you know, outfit and everything. Um, I I really like the Colossus that they put out for the 80th anniversary that had that came with Juggernaut. I missed out on that yeah. one, but I but I like the look of that. But a yeah, lot of what they've put out for X Men have been some of the more the more modern looks to them right. that I just haven't that I don't really like. And they did some of the with the retro collection. You know, they did a cool looking Storm um, that looks kind of like Storm from the cartoon. And and the Cyclops though is from X Factor Cyclops, and I just what I would really I missed out on Cyclops with the classic. Blue and and yellow without with the hood, not with the uh, not with his hair sticking up out of the thing, mm-hmm. and so you know. So I'll wait for one of those to swing back around. Basically, any of the any of the if you look at the uh, the cover of Giant Size X Men number one, basically them, um, yeah. you know, and with a couple others added in there uh, because that to me for so many years that's what 
I knew the X-Men as, you know, Storm and Colossus and Nightcrawler, Wolverine with the blue and yellow rather than the tan and and orange. Um, And uh, yeah, so those those were kind of some of my, those are what I think of when I think of the X-Men, you know, Cyclops with the, with the smooth top and not the hair sticking out, that sort of thing. But, um, but I, but I, I like what they've done with some of the retro stuff, some of the retro packaging and all. <clears throat> and uh and, and you know I, I say do more of that i i picked up um oh i did finally get i'm sorry i did get this guy that i was pretty excited about on on a retro card but i did open him did were you able to get this this spider-man I the did. cyborg yeah. spider-man yeah he's very difficult to find he i've still got mine on the card though yeah target exclusive cyborg spider-man on a retro card i got him for one reason is because i have an old toy biz Deathlock and and in the comics, oh, yeah. in the comics, in the adjectiveless Spider-Man, it was the revenge of the Sinister Six storyline, and um, and and there were all these different guest stars. Deathlock was one of them, and one of the covers is Spider-Man done up like this because he's been injured, and so he gets a cybernetic eyepiece and a cybernetic arm and everything, and one of the covers is him and Deathlock back to back, just kind of. Looking at the camera, looking all cool. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's kind of how I want to have him on the shelf. There, as posed with Deathlock on the shelf. That's the only reason I wanted this figure was so I could just do that on the shelf. So that's kind of the, so I'm a sucker for that. But yeah, the it was a Target exclusive, and that's what makes it so hard to find. Right. Um, but those Target exclusives are miserable. Yeah. Trying to get. I've been I've been tempted to buy it on that Wilson Fist, that Kingpin retro collection, because I didn't get the build a figure. Yeah. Um, I, I regret not doing the build a figure because there were actually some figures in that wave that I liked. Right. Um, yeah, me too. I did get him. Um, but I, I thought I'd canceled him cause I wanted to, I decided I wanted to save the money. Right. Even though it's a nice figure yeah. and I wanted it, but I, I, I thought I canceled it and then he showed up one day in the mail. So it's like, okay, well you've got him. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but he's he's cool because he's he's so enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, and his card, he's on a card that's like two or three times the size of the other cards. Nice. But otherwise, it's you know it's the same pattern as right. the other figures. So, so he he's just fun. Yeah. You know, and he's he's got some extra accessories. Um, and that's the thing about Marvel Legends is they're they're fun. You yes. Know? Yep. I I hate to compare to Star Wars and put the Black Series down, but you know I, I have collected both of them, but I've got three or four times more open out of the box Marvel Legends right. than I do Star Wars. Yeah. And that's because the Marvel Legends figures are more fun to play with and more fun to pose than the Star Wars are. It's just absolutely they, they put they put more fun into them. They're more posable. They've got more accessories. They're just they're designed to be played with. And I think Star Wars is designed to be kept in the box and on the shelf more. I think, Adam. I think it comes down to what they make off of them. I think that yeah. I think that Hasbro. Um, and and if you find out different, please correct me. But I think Hasbro is still uh, Kenner had a really bad deal mm-hmm. for, for what they got versus for their licensing in their licensing agreement with Lucasfilm, 
And I don't think that Lucasfilm ever came off of that type of licensing agreement. And so Hasbro yeah. got the same thing. So I think that they're less apt to put money into things when they're not going to keep as much of the profit, you know? Right. And, and so I right. think that has something to do with it. Um, because, because I'm like you, I, I feel like these Marvel legends, but also I think it just has to do with the colorfulness of it. Yeah. You know, when I look over it, the, the, the thing about those old, like you go back to the old, old Star Wars figures to the vintage Kenner mm -hmm. stuff, the figures that popped off the shelf were Luke and X-Wing gear, mm -hmm. uh, Greedo, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and that's about it. Uh, Walrus, man, those aliens popped because they had color to them that weren't just right. earth tones or grays or whites or blacks. And so they had either bright colors or something that wasn't. And so they stuck out on the shelf and everything with star Wars is, is that gray or black or white and the Royal guards pop, you know, because they're, they're in their red. Doesn't mean I don't right. love the star Wars stuff. It's just the color palette. So muted. But when you look at a shelf full of like, I've got a little Thor section over here set up on a shelf and you got red capes and, and and the hammer and the blonde hair blazing, and you got Loki in his green outfit standing there, you know, popping, and Beta Ray Bill with that orange skin and and everything. Like even that looks like so much color compared to what you get on a on a Star Wars shelf, you know. Right. The Fantastic Four shelf, you know, they're all in their blue costumes and things sticking out, and his with his orange and Johnny Storm with the you know on fire and that sort of thing. Even like a classic Doctor Strange that I've got here from Toy Biz. Um, you know, this to me, they have they, they haven't done this version of Strange since with Hasbro, but he's that classic blue with the red cape, and I mean the primary colors popping all over the place, and I really think that has something to do with it. This is a Toy Biz Archangel. His joints are so loose. This isn't the new one, the newer one. Right. Um, but like you look at this, like these pinks and blues, and and the mm. and the electric blue on that face. I mean, you don't get that. You know, you just don't get that from Star Wars. So it's, uh, I think that has something to do with it. And they are, I mean, they're just a little more fun, honestly, all the way around. Um, you know, cause how many, you know, how, how many poses can you get out of a Jedi or, or a Mandalorian, you know? Not so, enough. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's like, um, on guard, do this, you know, do, so, right. um, so, so yeah, so yeah. Anyhow, yeah. But I, I, I've, I've loved what uh, Hasbro's done with the Marvel Legends. The other thing I've kind of been into, and I haven't opened this guy yet, but I, I plan on it. I know I don't know if these were in your wheelhouse back uh, in the day, but they were not. He man was satanic. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember, sir. But, but you know, it was a battle. My parents, it's interesting. My, my parents never fought that battle with me. Um, we didn't have the Dungeons and Dragons. We couldn't do Thundercats because animals and humans shouldn't be mixed. But they did not fight the He-Man battle. They did not, you know, they didn't fight the... My parents weren't scared of sword and sorcery so much, you know. Um, we, we were raised... I remember there was this evangelist that came to our church one time. I was raised a pastor's kid. Everyone knows that, and... I'm a pastor now. We had an evangelist come to our church one time that was preaching against the evils of rock and roll and pop culture and everything. Oh, dear. Uh, began to tell us all about how evil the Smurfs are and all that good stuff. Yeah. And um, and one of the things, he, he got off on He-Man, and he's like, and a mom came to me and said her little boy was running around out in the parking lot saying, he God's not the master of the universe. He-Man's the master of the universe. And I remember I was a child. I mean, this uh -huh. was... 
I would have been eight years, seven or eight years old hearing this. And I thought, what a stupid kid. You know, like, yeah. I, like that's how I, you know, I, my parents did the job of, of, you know, they, I, I guess they just, they raised us, but, right. um, but it's crazy. He-Man was okay, but Dungeons and Dragons and Thundercats were off limits. Yeah. Um, so I, they were totally into, you know, let me be GI Joe, Transformers and Star Wars, you know? Right. Um, but I always loved He-Man for the same reason, I think, as a kid. I, the characters are just imagination run wild and then the brakes right. are put on quick. Because, like, here you go, here's this guy. And it's like, he's awesome looking. My, my wife said he looks like a wrestler from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> but, you know, what's he do? Well, he's beastly. Okay, what's he do? He controls animals. Well, what do we call him? Beast man. <laughs> okay, great. You know, they had a skunk dude whose name was Stinkor. You know, <laughs> they had a guy that had two heads. He was a bad guy. His name was Too Bad. <laughs> you know, so it was that kind of stuff. It's like there was this right. great imagination run wild. Anything a kid would think of, and then just the just the dumbest names. But to a kid, it didn't matter. You know, that's what we oh, yeah. were. You, you played with them like a kid would play with them. And I, and I think I, that's what I still have the fondness for He-Man. I don't have any of the stuff I had as a kid. And so these retro play style He-Man figures that have come out really scratched an itch I didn't know that I had. Um, and it, and I, and I did not get them. I did not get them one night, one night I was in Walmart with my wife and I was over in the toy section as I'm wanting to do. And they only had one man at arms figure. And so I walked around the store with them, walked around the store and finally put them back. I'm like, I don't need to do this. Cause if I buy a man at arms, it's if you give a mouse a cookie, if I buy a man at arms, I'm going to want he man. And if I have he man, right. then he needs someone to fight and it's Skeletor. But if he just has Skeletor, then the odds aren't even, so we're gonna to have to get Beast Man, you know. Mm-hmm. And then if I get them, then it's just there I go. I'm I'm yeah. off I'm off to the races. Right. And uh and so I put it off and so for Christmas my wife actually as a joke got me man at arms. Oh dear. And I looked at her and I said, You can't just give me man at arms and expect this to go away. That's not how my brain works. So <laughs> So I have since picked up He-Man, Skeletor, and Beast-Man. And uh, I have resisted picking up the vehicle with Prince Adam or mm. picking up Battle there's, Cat. There's 15 more on pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, let's see. Is Haley still in the chat? No. Um, I do have on pre-order Manny Faces because he was one of my favorites as a kid. Uh-huh. And uh, Trap Jaw um, because if I'm getting a good guy, I've got to get a bad guy. And I feel like there's one more I've got on pre-order. But what I've decided to do is only get the ones that I liked as a kid or had yeah. as a kid and um, and not try to like scratch the itch of I never had this, you know, just kind of like, right. let me, let me, let me go, let me revisit this with these. Because when they did the He-Man series in the early 2000s and Mattel put new He-Man figures out then, I really dug that series and those figures. And, um, and I eventually got rid of those, but, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I I just I really did enjoy that show as a kid and I enjoy what Mattel has done with these and they started out as Walmart exclusives but Mattel did this great thing where it's like at the end of the year they're going to go and be available all over the place. Okay. So, hey Hasbro, that's a great model. Yeah. So, my dog or my wife's dog now has been is now entered the room upset. And that I'm in here recording. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, Adam, I, I want to plug your uh, YouTube one more time. You can go to geekoutonline.com slash Adam and get the author Adam Bray's YouTube. You're up to 30 subscribers now, sir. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so on the way, 34 subscribers. I'm sorry. I just I just refreshed to see that. So um, anything else you want to plug? Oh, well, I want to say um, you have the most generous listeners because um, I have had several uh, of your listeners specifically um, that have come and, and ordered books uh, oh, great. from me after saying that they heard me on your show. So I just want to say thank you to those of you that did. Um, you know who you are. It, uh, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me and it, it helps helps me out. Um because this COVID thing's been hard to weather. There's mm -hmm. not a lot of work out there for writers. Like there's not a lot of work for a lot of people right now. So I appreciate that. Um, when people do order books from me, it does, it does help me. Um, cause I, I don't get royalties off of books. I, I never have. Um, and this, this, the type of books I do, and it's not just the books I write now. They just, in my career when I was a travel writer I never did either so uh, if you order books directly from me that, that does uh, help me and you can get signed uh, copies um, you can uh, you know, contact me by email it's adambray at worldsbydesign.com or through any of my social media um, accounts uh, you can send me a message and I, I've got a lot of the books available that people can get signed and I'm on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, Adam, uh, it's at author Adam Bray. Mm -hmm. And all those links you can find at his about page at geekoutonline.com slash Adam, which will take you straight to the YouTube channel that hopefully you'll subscribe to. And Adam, we look for, for a lot more from you on that YouTube channel. I'm really, I'm really interested on your takes on different things uh, and geekdom, but also, like I said at the outset of this thing, those monkey stories are what yeah. I'm really looking forward to. So, um, so Adam, thanks so much for being with us, my friend. Uh, for everything Geek Out Loud, you can go to geekoutpodcast.com or geekoutonline.com if you want to help us by clicking on links to some of those things that are there. Uh, please do so. We have Amazon links up right now. We also have a link to, if you're into uh, MMA or um, uh, combat sports at all at geekoutpodcast.com, there's a banner you can click on and head over to Fight TV and get a free trial for the Fight Network and uh, check that out. I know that they do all kinds of different things. If you if you don't have cable but you like to buy the pay-per-views, they're a great way to go through buying your UFC or wrestling pay-per-views, you know, however you choose to do that. If you're into that kind of stuff, there's also, they also have some concert stuff and that sort of thing uh, that they do there. So check that out and we'll have some other things where you can click through. Uh, I believe there's some entertainment earth links and that sort of thing as well in some of those places. So please help us out by clicking our sponsors and going to them and, uh, and supporting us that way. If you are so inclined and if you are able to help us out, uh, at patreon.com slash geek out loud. We greatly appreciate all of our Patreon supporters. We just added a new one. John Custer Jr. Just joined up today and we very much appreciate him being a part of the Patreon community over there. And, uh, as we rework that this year, got some things that I want to do for Patreon that I've been wanting to do for Patreon that, that hopefully will finally make it happen. And, uh, you guys hold me accountable on that. I welcome your emails at geek out online 
at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. And don't forget to go to geekoutonline.com slash group to join the Guardians of the Goloverse group where we have some good times talking good things, having some good fun. So, and, and Adam mentioned the generosity. I say it all the time. This is the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe. Next time when we're with you, I've got to talk the Superman and Lois show. So uh, I'm sure we'll do some of that next time we're together. But until then, I'm Steve Glosson. And for Adam Bray, we thank you for being a part of Geek Out Loud. We'll see you on the next one. This is a little Thor Ragnarok for you as we go out, Adam. Yeah. And of course, it went to the to the slow part. This is no way to end the show. We got to end with a little more hype and stuff. My Lanta. Whatever will we do? Whatever show... Let's check the chat while we're waiting on music to come up. Fun as always. Don't let Big Honkin' Show die. Uh, okay. Um, we'll see. Thanks, Stephen Adam. Great time. Glad I could finally catch a live show. That's Roth in Wyoming. John Phillips, just subscribe to your YouTube. It's my dog now, too. Nope, it's still her dog. Um, Roth in Wyoming says, Every Walmart around me has an abysmal toy selection. I've seen that as well in, in most yeah. lo- Walmarts that I've seen. I feel like they're getting ready to put new stuff. I think COVID, they, they're blaming COVID for some of that. And stocking and stuff. I don't know. Why won't the music pump up? What happened? This is the suite. I, okay, it sounds like it's going now. All right, we'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. Have a good one, everybody. Nope, I was wrong. Anyhow, we'll see you.